2: Hey, everybody. Welcome. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio Thrive By. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. It's a special hour of the Dr. Pat Show that we have added for those of you out there that want to hear provocative and what provocative? Yeah, thought-provoking conversations, but most importantly, to help all of us step into that place in life where we can experience joy and bliss and have an incredibly bright aura as we go through this world. Uh, Say hello to Eric. Hi, Eric. How are you? I got to see you in the flesh today.
3: <laughs> hey, good afternoon. So good to see you back in it's the studio so good, here today, yeah. and on such a beautiful day. Yes. Yes, we've been having a, a nice know. couple of days, and it's finally warmed up a bit. And oh feels my gosh! Good.
2: I'm going to go get uh, down at the QFC. They got these little flowers that are on sale for like ten for ten dollars, and Ooh, I'm just gonna, I'm going to I'm going to pick some up and I'm going to put them right out there because I'm trying to tell Linda. Who's from New Jersey and she's gonna be here up until next Friday. Um if she and, can
4: get past the bridge traffic.
2: Oh, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't know if she's wanting to go back there just yet. I don't even know if they I think they still have snow on the ground. Um, but it's really it the sun does come out here and it is warm. And when you go on your walk today, you may not need to wear a coat.
3: It's true. It's I great. Know. Yeah.
2: I know. Very grateful for it. What a mild winter, though, huh? You
3: yeah, think? it's been pretty pleasant. We have, it seems like it's been a little more stormy than usual. Oh, just usual. Re- stormy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but a little uh, bit. it's been all right. It's Can't been complain. Pretty
2: good. Not at all. Um, you know, I am very excited, Eric, about today's show. I'm really thrilled. And, you know, it's a topic that I've had some experience with. Um, I am so thrilled uh, and honored to have uh, Dr. Karen Casey joining us here today on the show. Um, And there's a reason why I am, because for many of us that have been on this planet for a few years, um, you've got to see a bit of yourself, right, that you just may not know or have known how you got to be that way. So today, what we're going to talk about is family dysfunction, and family dysfunction need not overwhelm you. Now, I got to tell you, growing up and having to deal with some of this, it's been a bit overwhelming for me. Uh, and there there's really some pretty good reasons for it. But I love what Karen's writing about. And I love the book, uh, The Good Stuff. Uh, I love uh, talking about codependence with her. Um, I love the work that she has done and who she is and how she comes out into in the world. I love that she has written uh, her first book, Each Day, A New Beginning, Daily Meditations for Women, it was published in 1982, gigantically ahead of her time. Um, and then since then, she has, you know, pretty much written close to 30 books. And so today, we get to meet her, we get to talk with her, we get to ask ourselves the question about what is family dysfunction and what it's not. And so how does it help us to understand that there is a strength that can be gained from growing up in this kind of environment, albeit sometimes very, very painful. And so today, we get to talk with her about many, many things. But also, we get to join her and her website and Women's Spirituality and knowing we're not alone anymore, and understanding so much about life and who we are and what we can become. So, uh, Karen, thank you for joining me here today. Welcome oh, to the thank show.
5: You. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm just delighted that, uh, that you all invited me to, to be on your show because um, I, I guess I, there's nothing in my life that's any more important uh, than trying to help others realize that they can make their lives better uh, and that no matter what kind of circumstances they grew up in, uh, there, there's always a silver lining. There just is. I've, I've been around too long to believe that uh, there are no silver linings in even the worst of circumstances.
2: You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I think we all got a taste of that uh, in the movie, recent movie, a couple years old, uh, Silver Linings Playbook.
5: Oh, yeah. That right? was a wonderful book. That I mean, a wonderful
3: movie. Yeah.
2: Wonderful movie. But doesn't it really point to, in such a really, uh, you know, in a big screen way, dysfunction, right?
5: Oh, absolutely.
2: Right? Um yeah. And how different personalities are able to deal with it or not deal with it and understand it. And, and you know, you got to You really got to love the ending of that. I'm not going to give it out. But I mean, you really have to love, love the end of it. But for those of us that grew up in families perhaps like that, right? Yeah. It was kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Um. And I wanted to ask you, you know, you've written many, many books and you've written about a lot of things. Um. I know you've also, you know, written Codependence and the Power of Detachment, right? Right. Um, and, you know, a breakthrough book uh, on its own. But the good stuff, finding that good stuff from all of this, it's hard for some people to say, oh my gosh, codependent and see the good stuff. And I wanted to ask you, in the years that this has been a passion and a purpose uh, for you, what is it that has kept you so in the commitment of sharing this message with people?
5: Um, The the thing that that has really um, instilled the passion in me is because I have been privy to seeing people change. Mm. And as long as people are willing to say, I need help, and, and, you know, because I have been in recovery rooms for nearly 40 years, mm-hmm. I've been watching people who come into the room saying, I need help. And then I've had the privilege of watching people right along with myself change. And, you know, that's the common denominator, I think, and why uh, there ends up being really good stuff that results from the dysfunctional families, because within um uh the the healthy i mean the the dysfunctional families where somebody decides i want to create a different pattern in my own life and they decide to get help for it they are breaking that pattern and so therefore they are creating families then that are functional and because they got themselves out of that family pattern they learned how resilient they were. They learned how their own perseverance paid off. And then they were able to model new behavior for their own offspring. And so that's what keeps me going. Just uh, the ability to sit in those sacred circles of people where change has, is, is happening all the time. And, and I know, um, from, from, um, Everybody that I share with, I was at a meeting Tuesday night
6: where, mm-hmm.
5: where I was literally blown away by what a couple people said in that meeting. And I've been sitting in these meetings for years and years and years. I still go to five meetings a week, as yeah. a matter of fact, yeah. after all these years. But I was blown away by what a couple people shared about how their everything about their life has changed as the result of them saying, I cannot do this alone.
6: Mm-hmm. I
5: need the help of others. And and that's why I have to keep telling this story. That's why I had to write this book, because we, we think so often that dysfunctional families are the worst and that people are never going to become okay again, and that just isn't true. And that's the story I wanted to share. This book is about people who really did survive and thrive, mm-hmm. even though... Their early beginnings in the family were um, very dysfunctional.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, it's really interesting I, when when um, you know when we came across this book. I said to Linda, you know, please let's can can you bring her on? Can we have a conversation? And I think it's because you know I've seen so many people in my own life, and I want to just share this with you. And and I've shared this with the listeners before. Um. Last year on December ninth, I believe it was, we buried my sister, um, my last sister. Earlier this summer, buried my uh, my other sister, my older sister. Uh, back in nineteen ninety two, uh, buried my other sister, uh, and my mother uh, committed suicide when I was seven. And what every one of these fo- every one of us have in common. Is what our lives were like, what our childhoods were like, what, what was the dysfunction and abu- abuse in my family, and even with my mother? You know, what was she going through, what was she suffering from? And you know, I remember my brother calling me, um, you know, after my sister said to, to them, uh, "No, no, don't don't put me in a, I don't want to go to hospice, you know, um, I may have cancer." but I'm going to die the way I lived. And that is with uh, a heroin overdose. And I thought about that for a minute as my brother was so eager, uh, you know, or, or thinking about we have to help her. We have, she's got to stop smoking. She's got... And I just thought about this for a minute. And I thought about what does it really take to do what you're talking about in this book? What does it do to nourish resilience and choose perseverance. And so I'm really struck by that. I want to take a short break when we come back. I want to talk about all of that, okay. you know, in the sense of what we get to say yes to in life and, and how the work is a requirement. Uh, and I remember reading in a, in a book that you and I, a mutual book that we read, that there's a phrase in there that says faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we're going to talk about resilience, perseverance, okay. how far a sense of humor gets us, and what does it mean to truly move beyond our pasts? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pacho. Karen Casey joining me here today. The good stuff from going, growing up in a dysfunctional family, how to survive and then thrive. I learned a ton. We'll be right back.
6: A place in my life. Silver.
7: Lining. I know that. Hey, do you like free stuff? The Dr. Pat Show has an amazing giveaway program doing weekly giveaways on Facebook and Twitter. Go to Facebook.com slash The Dr. Pat Show and click the like button. Then go to twitter.com slash the Dr. Pat Show and click the follow button. Then you can play along and enter to win some amazing prizes. Again, that's facebook.com slash thedrpatshow and twitter.com slash thedrpatshow.
0: Anyone teach you to be a parent? What if there were tools that could make your job a whole lot easier? Glenna invites you to be the questionable parent you truly be in a dynamic teleseries designed to empower parents to know that they know and give you the awareness required to create ease and joy between you and your children. Check out glennarice.com to learn more and to book a private session. Or dial
1: 415-235-2807. Disease, one of the most dreaded words in our vocabulary. Hi I'm Mary Jane Mack Did you know traditionally we have viewed disease as a degenerative process? Disease is better understood when we view it as disease in the human body. Disease means without ease. health is not merely the absence of disease it's when every part of the body works together effortlessly relaxed and at ease It's that relaxed state that lets energy flow in waves through and around the entire body. every organ has an electrical charge and when overcharged or undercharged disease occurs and it is an effort to go through our day we are able to determine the exact disease of the body and design a specific solution to correct the nutritional imbalance contact us at 888-777-4232 that's 888-777-4232 and visit us at maryjanemack.com.
6: Lining Bathing your life along ways believing your place
2: in my life silver lining. Wow, everybody, welcome back. Uh welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm thrilled and honored to have You know, Dr. Karen Casey joining me here today, Um, you know, best-selling recovery author, looks at stories of people who grew up in a dysfunctional family, and out of that comes the good stuff. You know, what have we all learned, those of us, whether you have suffered abuse, physical or mental or otherwise, you know, whether you are a child of uh, adult alcoholic. Whether you have just simply grown up in a family where people acted badly, you know, even all of that, we can look at our lives. And out of that, there really is good stuff that emerges. Um, you know, Dr. Casey, Karen, thank you for joining me here today. You know, before the break, I said, look, this is a book about good stuff, but you do not shy away from the journey and, and what it takes And I think there are two things that, you know, I was talking about before the break. What does it mean to nourish resilience? And I've never heard that term, nourishing resilience. Um, But I do know about perseverance. But I'm really struck by how you decided to start the book with that. And I'd love for you to talk about how resilience then turns out to be our best friend in thriving.
5: Well, you know, what I what I realized um right away when I started interviewing people was, uh, I mean, it struck me. I didn't know what I was going to find out. I didn't know uh, that I was going to end up with the themes that I ended up with. But what I discovered right away is that people who had been knocked down so many times in their family, what they kept doing was getting up. And before they had even sought any kind of help, they had learned how to get themselves up and continue to move forward. I met all of the people I interviewed because ultimately they came into support groups of one kind or another, and that's where I ended up meeting them. But they had already been practitioners of resilience, for instance, before I met them, and and I mean they just they had um, this inner inner drive to say, I am not going to let them destroy my life. I am going to get up again and again. And But ultimately, they really had to find uh, some additional help, some additional strength um, to keep going forward. And that's when they ended up seeking the kind of help where I met them. But the beauty of that, then, Dr. Pat, is that they, in those rooms, those support rooms, those recovery rooms, they were able to share their stories of getting up again and again Mm -hmm. with others to show that they didn't have any special power. They just simply had a a willingness. And so finally resilience comes down to having a willingness to say, my life is going to amount to something. And the thing that I'm going to do first is get myself up instead of letting myself be pushed down Mm -hmm. again and again. we were going to learn from each other and teach each other. Mm. And the biggest lesson I learned was that I needed to reach out for help from people who could really offer me a new kind of guidance.
2: I think that what you touched upon here is enormous because, you know, when you're kind of, when you're growing up in families that, you know, we're using the term dysfunction because, you know, I don't, I mean, that's, that's just a term that came up as opposed to a functional family, right?
5: Right. Well, you know, it's dysfunctional. It's become so popular yeah. lately. But, you know, I first came across the term um, back in the early 70s. I read a book by Virginia Satir. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. And she talked about, she said, 98% of all families are dysfunctional and um And I think the title of the book was Self-Esteem or something like that. But as I recall, that was in 1971. That was certainly, I was in the the midst of self-esteem problems, but I was not. uh, And I was in the midst of of my alcoholism and drug addiction, but I certainly was, uh, and was certainly aware of how crazy my life was. But I had never heard the word dysfunction before. And so I... And when she said every family was dysfunctional, I, I kind of, I can remember stopping and thinking about what does that really mean? And then looking at my own family and realizing how incapable we seem to be of, of helping each other in, in any meaningful way. And, um, and it was because everybody, nobody had uh, grown up. I mean, my parents hadn't grown up in any kind of a real functional environment either, and we can only give to others that which we have. So the beauty of people finally getting help after growing up in crazy environments is that then they are able to create families that are functional. Mm -hmm. And so I think someday we'll be able to say, gee, you know, um, 98% of all American families are functional <laughs> these days. I mean, that might not happen in my lifetime.
2: Right, honestly. right, right.
5: But, uh, but, you know, I mean, I think that, that improvements are being made, that people are learning how to support each other and listen to each other. Um, I didn't grow up in a family where anybody seemed capable of listening uh, to one another uh, or helping one another. It was a family that you always felt emotionally destroyed by, which is why alcohol and drugs were so appealing.
2: You know, one of the things you say in the book, and I and I just want to read this because I mean this this really I I, I was reading this and I was like, oh my god, I got to read it over and over again. And, and so you go on and you say no dysfunction no dysfunction is sacrosanct. All of them give way to connection eventually, a connection that that quietly mends the the ailing heart. And then you go on, there's a caption that says, healing is the reason for being among one another. Our tasks are to witness and listen and nurture. Yeah. And I read that and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, we live in a time where listening right now is, is, is a no, it, it's novel. It's a novel yeah. idea. Right. And and yet it's so important. And you talk about connection, a connection that is so special, that changes us so completely. And I wanted to take a break. And when we come back, I wanted to talk about that connection, how important it is. And, you know, we just did a show uh, before this where David and Philip talked about spiritual nudity and that the level of vulnerability that that requires. And, and you talk about this in the book. When we come back, I would like to share. I would like to talk with you and share how important vulnerability is, okay. and how difficult it can be to trust that process, especially if your past really screams of something else. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by Dr. Karen Casey. Joining me here, the good stuff from growing up in a dysfunctional family. We'll be right back.
8: Come alive and shine with the Alive and Shine radio show with Adil and Savitri. Widen your perspective, learn to heal yourself, and clarify your power of choice so that you feel truly alive and shine. The Alive and Shine Radio Show is your how-to guide for creating a life in which your dreams come true. Listen live each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW or at AliveAndShineShow.com.
3: What's getting your attention as physical pain or illness? Have doctors been unable to help? Consider an intuitive healing session with Christy Borst. Amazing things happen every day, sometimes with jolting awareness. And sometimes with subtle shifts aided with Christie's divine healing gift. Release that which no longer serves you. For more information and to contact Christie, visit healingresonance.us. That's healingresonance.us.
4: I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field or aura surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. If not today, one day you will need chiropractic care. Before you choose one, Get a copy of this special report, Five Keys to Selecting the Right Chiropractor, available free, and you can read it in about six minutes. Get the care you need, when you need it, from the right chiropractor. Visit wellnessone.net or call toll-free 866-499-7509. Go to wellnessone.net or call 866 499
0: Tune in to Intuit University, compassionate guidance connecting you to your inner wisdom with internationally renowned psychic and medium Sherry Dillard the 2nd and 4th Thursday each month at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Get ready for an hour of practical spirituality and a fun and magic carpet ride into the spirit realm. This hit show is a combination of call-in readings and intuitive mentoring as Sherry supports and empowers you to create your best life in relationships, career, finances, life purpose, and spirituality. For more information, visit SherryDillard.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Um, I want to make sure that those of you out there uh, get a, you know, go, you can get a copy of this book at, at just about anywhere. Um, you, you know, Karen, what's the best website for folks to find out more about you?
5: They can go to my website is, is womens-spirituality.com and no apostrophe in women's. Uh, and um, they can also go uh, on the Canary website. They can go on uh, the Hazelden, H-A-Z-E-L-D-E-N, the Hazelden website uh, under authors. Um, they can go on the Amazon website uh, for Karen Casey, and they can uh, find out about all of the books I have written, too. So, But on my website, I've got a lot about... I have a blog on my website, and and I have uh, uh, some articles, and I have all the books uh, described. And I I've got you know uh, on my blog, I've I've written you know hundreds of of uh, of blog pieces. So that I would love it if people came on and and skimmed through a lot of the entries, and they can write me comments, and I write back.
2: And so before the break, uh, we were talking about connection and vulnerability. And, uh, you know, it's almost like when I say, how do you, well, here it is. How do you allow yourself to become vulnerable when you spent most of your life protecting? You know what I'm saying? Right. If If you've grown up in, you know, a dysfunctional family, as we're calling it today, um, what are some of the offshoots of that well let 's talk about codependence for a minute right. and what codependence used to be a very, very popular word, I think it 's one of the most misunderstood constructs we have, confused with kindness and right. it 's worth talking about this for a minute because I, I it agree. leads down the path of so many dysfunctional then relationships, for example, the relationship between a narcissist and somebody that is being abused by a narcissist, the key factor is codependence. Right. So can you talk about this for a minute and really shine the light on codependence for us? Yes.
5: You know, I I had spent my whole life, Pat, um, having uh, the behavior of other people define who I was. And uh, in 19... In the early 70s, I think it was 71 or something, I was in graduate school at the University of Minnesota, and I was teaching a writing class. And the students, I had the students read, Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am by John Powell. And he was a Jesuit. And in that book, there was a story that absolutely turned my world upside down. John Powell shares a story about he and... uh, Uh, a friend uh, walking down the New York City street day in and day out, and his friend always buying a newspaper from a vendor and always giving the vendor a tip. And uh, they stroll on, and the vendor is always rude. And John Powell finally says, why are you always nice to him every day I watch you treat him so well and give him a tip, and he always treats you poorly. And he said, why should I let him decide what kind of a day I'm going to have? And when I read that, I thought, my God, my whole life has been letting other people decide what kind of a day I'm going to have. And if somebody else's uh, behavior isn't being, if they are not being kind to me or smiling at me or treating me lovingly, then somehow I have done something wrong and I have to figure out how to make them change so Mm. that I'm okay, whether that person is just a jerk or a narcissist or or simply uh, oblivious to me. I spent my whole life trying to change other people so that I would feel secure. So for, for me, that was how I have always looked at codependence. Uh, letting other people and their behavior define who I'm going to be, how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to act, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to think of myself, and um, and I really think that what that does is it, it totally destroys your whole inner sense of self. You have no self. I mean, you are totally allow- allowing yourself to be defined are just this empty, shallow person. And and it's a sad, sad situation. I for me, my my um the way I really broke away from that finally, I mean that's what I drank over, that's what I used drugs over. I was always trying to you know, in um, forgiving the past, you know, forgiving the wounds of the past so that we can learn how to show up better and be better witnesses to other people's lives, um, to honoring a uh, detaching as love, uh, as a, an act of love so that other people can truly live their own lives and us honoring them while they live their lives. I mean... There are so many ways in which we can show others um, that it's safe to be vulnerable and that in order to ever grow into who they were meant to be, they, they will need to um, dare to be vulnerable and trust themselves to be vulnerable in environments that can uh, respond to that, lovingly. Our families simply were not those environments.
2: One of the things that you talk about, and and, and I would like to talk with you more about this too, um, is detachment. Now, I I think that it's hard to have this conversation, Karen, isn't it? Without having a little chit-chat about detachment, what it is and what it isn't, right?
5: You know, yeah, I mean, all of the, the things that we're hitting on here are all worth a two-hour discussion
2: I know. in and of
5: itself. I know. You know, the whole idea of of detachment. I've written three or four books yes. about about detachment. Yes, and, you have. Uh, and, you know, learning how to just to, I mean, I, I think when I first heard the word detach, I didn't even know what it meant, really. <laughs> uh, I mean, I thought it meant turn away from somebody. And really what detachment means is let me walk beside you and allow you to have the journey you are here to have without my trying to manipulate and control your journey. You know, um, I think that for for me, one of the greatest things that has ever happened in my life was the need for me to go to the Al-Anon program. Mm-hmm. Um, because what it has has given me is the gift of being able to watch other people truly have the growth that they were born to have without my having to ever stifle it. I used to, uh, I think I was always afraid that somebody would grow away from me. And so that's why I kind of tried to hang on to people. And And when I realized that, that you know, anytime you're trying to hang on to somebody... You're trying to stay attached to somebody. They are going to escape. <laughs> they aren't. They aren't going to be lo- a loving presence in your life. Um, but I think detachment. The only way we can really understand detachment is to understand attachment,
6: mm-hmm. and
5: to realize that the attach attaching ourselves to others means that neither ourselves or the other person will have the life that we were meant
2: to have Mm. here and now. Mm. I want to talk about this when we come back from break, because, you know, there is attachment and then there is attachment. Uh, And, you know, how much of us shows up and has to ask ourselves the question, whose problem is this really? Mm -hmm. Is it really mine to solve? Uh, And we become all the wiser when we get to figure that out. Those things that, you know what? Those things we can change and those that we can't. Right. The key for me has never been in either one of those. It's always been in the wisdom to know the difference. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Uh, The book I'm referring to by Dr. Karen Casey is The Good Stuff from Growing Up in a Dysfunctional Family, How to Survive and Then Thrive. We'll be right back. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't that bring me back to the day? David and Philip, if you are listening, you have just experienced White Rabbit by Grace Slick and Jefferson Airplane. Were they still Jefferson Airplane back then? They were
3: Jefferson Airplane, Airplane? yeah. It's a realistic pillow. And that
2: was the song. And, yeah, so when we played uh, White Rabbit in the last hour, that was not the original. Somebody did a cover. Somebody did a cover. Yeah. Yeah, covers are really interesting. We all wear them. Joining me here today, very special guest Dr. Karen Casey. Um Karen, thank you so much for today's show. We were talking about detachment and you know, it, and I shared a little bit about, you know, f- figuring out what's mine to do and what's not mine to do. It is really a lifelong journey.
5: It is.
2: Yeah. You know, and um I think we should talk about that because there is a confusing thing that happens. And I I remember a therapist of mine a long time ago said to me, "Look, there's an easy way to understand codependence and 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 and, and, and what it is and what it isn't." And one of the things she said to me that was so telling was, "Look, when you do something from a place of love because you want to do it, Even though it may not be something you would choose to do for yourself, you know, we get confused about that. But when we do things to please other people, or we agree to something that we wouldn't have agreed to, when yes is our go-to word before we're able to say, well, let me think about that, we get ourselves into trouble along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to talk about that, especially uh, if we're going to talk about how we use our dysfunction to our greater good, to learn how to thrive as well.
5: I agree. Yeah, that's a, that's a very uh, thoughtful thing that, that your therapist said, because I think that uh, I I actually try to practice that. You know, I get a lot of invitations to go put on workshops and, and give talks and lead seminars. And and I am in the habit of saying, I'll have to get back to you <laughs> just because I love that. Just because my nature would be to say, Oh, of course, because I really feel as though I'm in this world to help people. Uh and, and I love helping people and I love the work that I do. But I know that what I also need to do is honor myself. So I am I am now, you know, finally have developed this habit of saying, I'll need to get back to you. But, you know, I one of the things that you said that, that I still think is so very important, when we, when we act from a place of love, I, I believe that it's usually the right action. I agree. Yeah, we're not, you know, um, if we're acting from a place of control... Uh, of manipulation, of of uh, wanting to make ourselves feel better. Mm-hmm. That's generally um, that's generally uh, codependent. Yeah, or
2: that's, wanting to make somebody else feel better.
5: Yeah, right. right. And that right. And but but I really think that if we are acting from a place of love, that may in fact make somebody else feel better. Yes, and hopefully it does. But if we're doing it from a loving place in our own heart, Mm -hmm. not from a controlling place in our own heart. I don't consider that codependent. Uh, but what I do think is, is very codependent is when we are trying to, um, determine what somebody else needs to be doing with their life instead of honoring them to make their own decisions.
6: Mm
5: -hmm. Uh, and you know, there are so many just great little shorthand, uh, that people use that I think help so much. Uh, there's a guy in one of my Al-Anon meetings, and there are lots of double winners in, in all of the Al-Anon meetings here in Florida. By double winners, I mean people who are in uh, AAN Al-Anon or NAN Al-Anon. And, uh, and he always says, of those quick quick ways for me to recognize, am I crossing the line and getting involved in something that really isn't my affair? Because if I am involved in somebody else
2: actually think that this is one of the lessons we do learn from dysfunction. You know, one of the things that we do learn, I think, you know, my own personal journey is understanding how acutely I wear I am to not only the emotions that I have, but how easily it is for me to stuff them, you know, in my life, my early life right, is to, you know, please, please don't see me. And don't see my pain, and don't see me for who I am, yeah, and that's what we're talking about. Right. you know It's easy to point to drugs and alcohol right now, but right now we're living in a society where um you can't even get the correct statistics on obesity right now oh, right. and obesity in our young children, and people say, "Oh, it's processed food, and so long as we keep saying processed food and not really getting getting at the bottom. Of, of what might be happening that need to feel better through sugar or carbohydrates. I mean, come on, right? Right. It's one of the most, you, you know, when I, when I walked away from drinking, I walked away from sugar at the same time, and there's a very good reason for that. Yeah. Um, but for for most people, you know, we're just not willing to look at this dynamic that we have right now in our society.
5: Well, you know, I think that there is so um, there is so much that that we are not looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and I'm I'm I don't know if it's because we're afraid to really look honestly at uh, at what we have created because we're afraid we can't ever kind of get a handle on it again. But you know, when you When we look around at the utter chaos, when we look around at the insanity in this world, uh, my, you know, what I probably spend more time talking about now, Dr. Pat, than anything else is take a moment to reach a hand of kindness.
2: I love that. Yes. Yes
5: because yeah. this world feels so wounded mm-hmm. to the core mm-hmm. and because of the wounds the, the the chaos and the craziness just seems to be escalating and you know it it's it's as though you know I'm working on another book right now living mm-hmm. long living passionately I love that
2: <laughs> I love that I can't wait for I can't wait to get a copy of that because you know what I think the statistics say is that the people that do live long are living passionately.
5: Yeah. 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 And and you know, I think that that um, to to live long and to live passionately means I think to really have try to have a passionate loving impact on the world around you. And mm-hmm. the world around you, by that I mean the, the small community of people that you touch. I really believe in the hundredth monkey.
2: Me effect. too. Mm-hmm.
5: I really do. And mm-hmm. and I think that as human beings in this world, every time I make the effort to say something kind to somebody else, they are more inclined to turn around and be kind to the next person. Mm. And I really think that there is a ripple effect. And I think that that is what is going to heal the the wounds, not only in the family, mm-hmm. the dysfunctional family, but heal the wounds in communities and when we heal the wounds in communities ultimately we'll heal the wounds globally and it's not like it's going to happen instantaneously Right.
2: I agree with you completely. I, in my lifetime, as in yours, we have seen the critical mass and we have seen the positive change that has come from it. You know, right. I, 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 it, and you and I probably should do a show on how our individuality has helped us carve out an enormous decade of positive change. Right. Thank you so much, Dr. Karen Casey. Thank you so much oh, for joining you. me here today. Thank what a you. great show. Please give out your website again, would you please?
5: Yes, women's spiritualitycom or you can just go to Google Karen Casey, and it'll bring you to Women's Spirituality. And uh, all you do is click, mm-hmm. and uh, there it is.
2: Thank you so much for all that you do and all that you are. I so thank appreciate you. Thank you. Pat. I I've loved mm. this. Thank you. Well, Bye-bye. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in turning us on again. Uh you can find us at Facebook at the com. Facebook the com. Uh Twitter the com. Thanks to Moon and Jessica. They have made that so super easy now instead of having 1600 different places that we had on there we have two. Thank you, Eric, again for a great show. Thank you for that version of White Rabbit, my all time favorite. We got to thank Jefferson
3: Airplane for that. Got to thank Jefferson Airplane (laughs) for that.
2: Thank you to Dr. Karen Casey, and thank you to all of you for having the courage to say yes to thriving in your life. We'll see you next time on the show.
0: Where do you desire to go in life? How do you plan to get there? Are you only looking outside yourself for the answers? What if you use your soul's wisdom to lead the way? So what is the soul and how do you access its wisdom? Soul Suitcase with Victoria Cohen will unpack these questions and help you tap into and trust your own inner voice to solve everyday problems. Your Soul Suitcase is a treasure chest of wisdom inside you waiting to be discovered. Listen to Soul Suitcase on TransformationTalkRadio.com and discover how awakening to your inner voice transforms your life.
4: Are you feeling stuck?
7: Hey, Moon, you want to know something groovy? Yeah, Jess. What's that? Dr. Pat has been on the radio for 10 years. 10 years? Are you kidding me? That's awesome. I'll tell you what's awesome. She's bringing back the Pay It Forward campaign and Holistic Makeover to celebrate. If you want to know more or get involved, go to thedrpatshow.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thedrpatshow to get updates about everything we're doing.
3: Feel like you just can't find your happiness? Want to move past old hurts or traumas? Not feeling comfortable in your body? Consider an intuitive healing session with Christy Borst. Christy has a divine healing gift, and her process will help you experience a perspective reboot. Release that which no longer serves you. For more information and to contact Christy, visit healingresonance.us. That's healingresonance.us.
9: Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404.